Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Encouraging you to live as an ambassador of God's kingdom in the world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles. Arms out wide. If we're gonna fear, we fear no evil. We will rise. By your power, we will go. By your spirit, we are bold. If we're gonna stand, we stand as giants. If we're gonna walk, we walk as lions. Good morning again. It's hour two of Mornings with Carmen here on the Faith Radio Network. Uh, if you haven't visited us, visited with us lately at MyFaithRadio.com, I encourage you to do that. Check out all of the resources we have during this uh, month of June, emphasis on forgiveness. Lots of resources for you there. Um, audio, video, text, um, you know, resources that you can share with others or use to engage in a process of forgiveness yourself. If you'd like to engage with us directly, on the topic of forgiveness uh, in the coming days as we approach the Day of Forgiveness next Wednesday. encourage you to text the word FORGIVE to 877-933-2484. Okay, a couple of headlines here. Um, You remember the Equality Act? Yeah, you thought that went away, but it is back. The Equality Act, which I would put quotes around if I knew how to do that um, over the air, Um, So the so-called Equality Act has been reintroduced in both chambers of the U.S. Congress. That happened yesterday. Advocates of the proposed act see it as a necessary amendment to existing civil rights laws. Um, They want to explicitly prohibit what they see as discrimination based on sexual orientation and gender identity. Um, They want to do so uh, in every environment of employment, um, housing, what's called public accommodation, Education, any federally funded program or any program that is attached in any way to federal funds, credit, uh, jury service. I mean, the list is very long. Um, It would also prohibit discrimination on the basis of sex in public accommodation and federally funded programs. And it would expand the definition of public accommodation in the Civil Rights Act of 1964. And you say to yourself, why does that matter to me? Well, my, my guess is... You are involved in some organization that uses or allows its facility to be used as a public accommodation. If you know that there's a sign anywhere that says everyone is welcome um, or you have you offer services of any kind that are available to everyone. These new SOGI laws, um, sexual orientation, gender identity, SOGI laws that would be in uh, in the Equality Act um, would apply. Um. And so any place that is open to the public or used as a place of public accommodation um, is going to fall under the rules regulated uh, that would be regulated by the so-called Equality Act. Critics of the proposed act point out that this government mandated view of sexuality and identity included in the Equality Act creates negative consequences for um, people who believe that there are two uh, genetic biological Genders, male and female, sexes, male and female. Um, It is is definitely has negative consequences for people of faith and um, institutions um, that would be um, resistant to using pronouns or names or non-gender specific bathrooms or changing areas. Um, And this is going to apply to 
businesses and you say to yourself, well, it's, you know, churches would be exempt. Yes, but only churches, expressly churches, not those of you who are Christians who happen to be in business. So it's already happening at the state and local level across the country. I want you to think of Jack Phillips, the Colorado cake baker. That's probably the most um, widely known case that falls into this category. But local florists, photographers, T-shirt screen printers, um, venue owners of any kind, videographers, um, those of you who have Airbnbs. I mean, the list is pretty long. Web designers, calligraphers. Um, The Equality Act, in my view, is not about equality. It's a direct attack on the truth that every person is either male or female. It is the government's attempt to not only normalize, but then punish those who do not celebrate identities and sexual expressions that depart from God's design for human flourishing. And so it's important that you know that it is back on the table in um, in both the House and the Senate. It's, it's, all, it's equally important that you recognize that it's already happening in states across the country. Pennsylvania is the latest. Pennsylvania um, approved regulations expanding the definitions of sex, race, and religious creed just uh, yesterday. Um, they intend to enforce laws that prohibit quote, discrimination, saying um, that they've not only published these, but that these will become effective in their state on or their commonwealth on August the 16th. Um, The new regulations in Pennsylvania expand the definition for the protected class of, quote, unquote, sex. So it now includes pregnancy status, childbirth status, breastfeeding status, sex assigned at birth, gender identity or expression, affectional or sexual orientation and differences in sex development. Um, affectional or sexual orientation is going to be a really broad category that you've never heard before because it's totally made up. Um, But it's now the law of the land, at least in the state of Pennsylvania. Um, So there's a lot going on here. And I think that when you hear a state say things like Pennsylvania has said in its press release, that the goal here um, is, is in relationship to the elimination of hate. We are committed to ending discrimination and hate. And these regulations um, are one way that we're going to be doing that. Um, I just I just want to say that's a misunderstanding of where hate lives, because hate lives in the human heart. And you're not going to root out um, hatred um, in in this way. That that's just not going to happen. You might suppress behavior. Um, you might be able to control people's behavior or even their speech, but you're you're not going to get to the to the root of hate. That's that's just not going to happen. That's that's God territory. All right, Greg Ekbon, Ekbon is going to join us again here in just a minute. You will remember um, the conversation that we had with Greg about LimbFit uh, and this incredible ministry serving um, amputees around the world and restoring the dignity of, um, of people who have lost a limb. It's just, his testimony is incredible, and I wanted to have him back, and I wanted to just talk with him um, about his heart and this mission and um yeah, I think he's a precious brother in Christ, and I wanted to talk with him more. So that's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Greg Ekbaum is back. Uh, you can find LimFit at LimFit.org. Hey, Greg, welcome back. Oh, it's good to be with you, Carmen. So um, I just, I found you precious and, and compelling, and I wanted to have you back Um for some specific reasons uh, today, but I want you to revisit the history and mission of LimFit for those who missed our prior conversation. Oh, I'd, I'd be happy to tell tell you about how we started in our history. Uh, my background is his uh, uh, general surgery. I practiced uh, for thirty five years 
um, one of the um, one of the uh, procedures that we did as as part of our practice was uh, were uh, amputations. Uh, we did a lot of vascular surgery, and so amputations were uh, uh, were, were a very very um, um, common operation that we did. Um, about thirteen years ago, um, my, my practice was flourishing. I was I was uh, uh, had a wonderful um, marriage. Um, my uh, son was um, uh, doing uh, doing uh, great, and 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 then my wife um, died suddenly of a ruptured brain aneurysm, and uh, and my and my world changed, and my son struggled for a long time uh, for for many years. Uh, with drug and alcohol issues, and uh, and but during this time, I I actually um, I, I stepped away from my practice, and I and I got into a teaching in um, in a physician assistant program, uh, and and I would would go to Africa uh, um, twice a year to do teaching uh, for surgery residents. When I was on one of my trips, uh, a Doug, my son. Uh, was admitted to the hospital with an with a total occlusion of his abdominal aorta, and uh, what that means is there's no blood flow to the to the legs to the to the waist down, and they and they operated on him, and and uh, tried to get blood flow back into his legs, and uh, and were partially successful. But I came back from Africa, and had a had a voicemail. Your son has been admitted and is, has undergone 10 hours of surgery, and we don't know if he's going to survive. And the, and the voicemail was two weeks old. Mm. And, I, and I went to the hospital, and, and he was, by God's grace, he'd survived. But his, but his legs, I looked down at his legs, and they were gangrenous. And, um, and, and, um, and I, and I uh, oh, I, I really struggled. And and um, Doug survived, but his legs didn't, and he underwent uh, bilateral or, or both uh, amputa- uh, amputation of both legs. And and during the recovery, he he said, "Are you going back to Africa to teach, uh, Dad?" I said, "No, I'm not going back now. I need to be home here. I need to be helping you." He said, "I think you ought to go back to Africa, and I want to go with you." Well, he went back with with me and I was thinking what's he going to do he's just beginning to walk on his prosthetics well we we went back to Africa and and when we were there they had a, a uh, an amputee clinic because they knew he was coming and we were able to participate and provide some prosthetics and and he was able to to be part of this whole um clinic and then and then testified <laughs> For the the next week, he, he testified to the fact that God is still good. And he said, even though I've lost my legs, I've been given the gift of encouragement. Mm. And that God is still good and there's still hope for me and for for you. And so he went to the round of the wards testifying to, to the God's goodness. And I thought, oh, man, this is, this is amazing that in all of this, Terrible tragedy that God is still working here, and give has given Doug an opportunity not only to serve but to testify to the goodness of God, 
And so we went back home and, and we started talking about, oh, what can we do? What is there's is there's such a need in, in Africa, in Kenya where we were and 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 what could we do? Well, six months after we came home, Doug overdosed, uh, an accidental overdose, and died. And and um, and uh, oh, I just um, I thought, oh God, what what is going on? But in the in the time of grieving, um, I I decided to take the money from his funeral, and I decided to start a nonprofit called Dignity. For the Amputee International, or limfit.org. and I and as I started this, Carmen, I thought, I thought this is what I'm going to do now that God has has opened this door for for me to serve amputees. Awakened not only because my own son was an amputee, but I, I've done I've done amputations, and now I see it from a whole different perspective of walking with the amputee. And so that's how non that's how that's how our nonprofit started. Thank you again for um, for sharing the story. Um, thank you for your vulnerability. Um, and when we come back, I'm um, I'm wondering if we can reflect a little bit on um, on Father's Day and mm-hmm. what um, what Father's Day mm-hmm. was like, um, and maybe encourage people who have. Um, lost a son or a daughter yeah. Um, because the way that you have allowed God to change your perspective um, through the, the series of losses that Doug experienced and then ultimately the loss um, of Doug's presence, um, the way you've allowed God to work in and through that is nothing short of miraculous. And, um, and I want it to be an inspiration to others. So can we reflect on that when we come back? Yep, we sure can. <laughs> All right. We're talking with Greg Ekbaum. He is a brother in Christ. You can find the organization um, and Dignity for the Amputee International at limfit.org. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. If you're listening right now and you have ever wondered to yourself, you know, what what do I have to bring into the conversation of the day? How can my story be an inspiration or encouragement to someone else? It's important to remember that your story, your personal story, that is undeniable and people want to hear it. Um, God shows up in your story and the more personal you, you get, Um, the more God can be revealed, not as an idea, but as a real person. Um, And so 
if you're listening right now to this conversation with Greg Ekbaum, what I want to encourage you is not only to hear his story um, and be encouraged by it, but consider um, the dark valleys you've walked through, the places where God has um, revealed things to you and shown you his goodness, his grace, and the light of his love, um, because your story could serve as an inspiration then to someone else. Um, so, Greg, again, thank you so much for your vulnerability and your mm. willingness to um, to testify on God's mm. behalf. Um, I think the, here's the question, like, how do you, how did you get out of bed in the morning? Like, how, how, how did you get up off the mat? Yeah, I, I, I had purposed long before that, that every morning I would start by, by going to God's word to read his word, to find out what he wanted me to know that day, whether it was a promise to hold on to or a correction to make or a, or a truth to, to meditate on. And then, and then we, we had these precious times of, uh, of, of intimacy, the Lord and I, when we would talk, uh, where I could pray and I could, um, I could, I could, uh, uh, I made a, a deliberate uh, decision to praise him and to sing to him every day. And to, and that became um, such a, when I woke up in the morning, I couldn't wait to get into God's word and I couldn't mm. wait to be um to be in his presence and that has sustained me in fact um I have uh I am so convinced um that God is always working Carmen do you remember when Jesus when he when he told that paralytic at the pool of Bethesda take up your mat and walk um and and, and then they came to him later and they confronted him by whose authority, and he said, "My father is always working, and I too am working." And and I think I've been so convinced that even in my pain or my brokenness, especially in my pain or my brokenness and my weakness, that's when God does uh, His best work in me, and and my my roots have gone down so deep into who he is and and I've been overwhelmed by his love and his mercy and his grace. I I grieve over the loss of my of my first wife and of Doug, but I also know that in God's timing it was perfect. God took in his mercy took Doug home and and he no longer had to struggle with the with the addiction and with the with the um with all that he went through and yet he's prepared me now perfectly he's opened my eyes to the amputee he's he's given me an opportunity now to 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 not only serve him but to flourish i have never been more confident in god's presence and walking with me as i am now and i've never been happier by the way i'm getting married Tomorrow, <laughs> to <gasps> to uh, uh, over uh, 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 to somebody that I met two years ago, who also loves the Lord and has been through uh, grief and pain her own on her own uh, uh, on her own journey, uh, loss of her husband from uh, from cancer, and so we've we've connected and I'm I'm getting married um, tomorrow tomorrow evening uh, at at Northwestern in the chapel. Oh my, that's so amazing, Greg. What is her first name? Her name is Sally. Sally, can we um, can we offer a prayer for the two of you? I'd I'd love I'd love to hear that. 
Father God, what um, what joy, what restoration, what a gift of blessing. Thank you for Sally. Um, and thank you for the new life you intend to make of Greg and Sally as you bring them together as husband and wife for your good purpose and for your glory. Father, we would ask that um, as uh, as as the wedding takes place tomorrow, I mean, we all know that's just, it's just an event. It's just a point in time, but it points to something so great and so glorious. And so I would ask that um, that walk down the aisle would be the first steps in a journey together all the way home to your house as brother and sister in Christ. Mm. Grant them your grace. Grant them um, long years. Grant them um, deep affection and an ever-growing understanding and enrichment of their spirits in you as you knit them together as one for your glory and for their blessing. Father, we thank you for Greg. We thank you for this conversation today, and we just ask that you would pour forth your blessing upon him, even as you are blessing so many others through him. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm. Well, we're just thrilled. Our hearts are are thrilled for you, and and thank you. Thank you for walking um, with us, taking us back into uh, the valley of the shadow, um, and then how God has you know been so faithful to walk with you out of it. It's such a blessing. Herman, God is so good. Amen. All the time. All the time. Hey, Greg, um, let's talk again, okay? Okay. We just love you, man. We just love you. All right, that's Greg Ekbaum. You can um, you can visit with him and see what he's up to at limbfit.org. L-I-M-B-F-I-T, limbfit.org. Uh, restoring the dignity, giving the dignity um, back to the amputee. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. This is Faith Radio. All right, so we have a friend named Teresa in Fargo who is a Colson Fellow, and she is starting a co- a Colson Fellows cohort in Fargo, North Dakota. So if you just heard Breakpoint with John Stone Street and you thought to yourself, hey, I want to see if there's a Colson Fellows cohort in my community, um, I want to especially speak to those of you who are in Fargo and say, let's let's get this thing rocking and rolling. So again, you go to colsonfellows.org um, and you're looking for the... Um, the, the local cohort information and let them know that you want to participate in the launch of the one in Fargo, North Dakota. Wouldn't that be great? <clears throat> so uh, good morning, Teresa, in the midst of all of that. All right. Um, what's up next? Well, I don't know if you remember the conversations that we've had in the past with Seth and Nerva. They are um, singer-songwriters. They are a beautiful, energetic, vibrant, world-changing young couple. Um, and they have a new six-song EP um, that's that's called On Earth. Uh, and it's, it's based on or inspired by the words of the Lord's Prayer, On Earth as it is in heaven. Um, and I just love them as like people and brothers and sister in Christ. And so uh, I wanted to have them back on to talk not only about, uh, you know, what they're doing professionally in this work, uh, of of this new EP, but also what they're doing on their podcast because 
Seth and Nerva are pressing themselves into the cultural conversations of the day in in ways that honor Jesus, and they're doing so on a podcast called Free Mind. And I want to I want to talk with them about you know like why they're doing what they're doing and why they're doing the way they're doing it um, in the cultural context of the day. So Seth and Nerva up next here on Mornings with Carmen. It's a little hard for me to express the um, almost strange affection I have for this couple, Seth and Nerva. But these are people who, when I see them in public, I find myself inexplicably running toward them for a hug. So um, you know them as extraordinary artists. Um, They're beautiful vocalists. Um, They are some of Christian music's leading names. Seth and Nerva, welcome back to Mornings with Carmen. Thank you, Carmen. It's good to be back. I know. I just, I of course want to see you so that I can hug you. I which I hope is you. I hope you don't view as inappropriate. No, big hug to you. We we appreciate it. And I just sent you a little bit of love offering on Venmo for calling us a young couple. So I appreciate that. (laughs) Well, younger than me. So there you go. Um, Talk with us. Talk with us about this new project. It's a six song EP. First of all. You know, for for people who aren't like totally in the know in the music world, what is an EP and what on earth is on earth? You know, you just asked the unanswerable question because I went back and forth with our distributors trying to figure out if this is an EP or not. So but they told me, no, it's not because it's above like, I guess, anywhere (laughs) from like three to five songs classifies it as an ep okay and we went six and so it's nope and then when we turn it into spotify they classified it as an ep (laughs) (laughs) you know who knows who knows the exact lines but i think it's somewhat a shorter version than in the lp is like the the full length so this one's oh long play versus well i don't know exceptional play exactly is the e for exceptional yeah okay there you go i I like it we'll go with it we'll go with it but yeah so it is we landed on about six songs and so Hmm. the idea which you said so perfectly earlier was it comes from the lord's prayer you know let your kingdom come let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven and you know uh nervous started writing these songs while we were stuck in lockdown we were in california uh the first county to shut down and the last one to open up um Mm -hmm. living out there and so um, she started writing these songs because we were just sensing the spiritual warfare that was going on all around, you know, at a local level, but even, you know, through our through our media, the, the lies we were being told. And, and we were like, man, Satan really does work through all these, you know, these ideas, these these grand speculations raised up against the knowledge of God. And we started writing out of that kind of spiritual warfare place. And we were saying, Lord, we're not trying to just escape this stuff and run from it. We want to stand in the midst of it and have a biblical perspective and uh, kind of just stand in the face of evil and, and say, Lord, let your kingdom come, let your will be done through us here right now in the midst of these kind of ideological battles, the culture shift that's going on, all these things. And that that's kind of what the project came out of. So good. Nerva, I'm wondering if you'll um, talk with us a little bit about um, the single uh, armor. I've seen a picture of you on Instagram wearing the armor. Can you can you talk with us about, you know, where this song comes from and uh, and the issues to which it speaks? Yeah, like Seth said, there was so much going on during that time. And one thing that I noticed was there was so much fear gripping the body of Christ. I mean, so much so that 
you know, even churches begin to do, you know, topical series on faith over fear, fear everywhere you went. There was so much fear, even in my social circles. And I was like, you know what? This isn't biblical. We are not to walk around like this. God has not left us to be wimps and we have the tools we need to live a good, strong life before the Lord. He's not, he's given us everything we need for life and godliness. So that song was birthed out of that place. Ephesians six, put on the armor of God. You know, it usually stems from our thoughts. What are we thinking? How are we seeing the Lord? Is he ruling and reigning or is he far away? Is he, he's not with us in these trials. So these, that song was birthed out of that place as, you know, as an encouragement and a reminder to myself and to whoever would hear it. Like, listen, put on the armor daily because <laughs> we need this in this battle. Yeah, so when we think about Ephesians 6 and we think about what's going on um, right now around us in the, you know, in the unseen realms, I think that that's, that's one of the things that you connect us with in this particular, not only the single armor, but in the entire project um, as well. So really appreciated that. Um, people love the, uh, love the sort of like, how did this come about um, songwriter connection to the content? So um, maybe take us into um, maybe take us into another um, inspiration that you had um, in this project. I mean, maybe never be forgotten. Like, what's behind that? You know, it comes from the scripture when God was speaking to the Israelites in Isaiah that they were His. They were His people. Mm. They their names would never be written. Uh, um, taken their names would never be removed from His heart. And you know, I read that and I was so encouraged. Most of my songs are the songs we we come up with come from either a message, a story that really moves us, the scriptures. And so that song, when I read, I feel like that melody just kind of dropped in my mind or in my heart the minute I read, I was done with that devotion that day. And um, it was just a reminder that, hey, we when we are in Christ, we are His and we're not never alone. We're not forgotten. We're not like a thought one day and not a thought the next day. And that God holds us dear to him. And that is such an encouragement when when we feel like, okay, uh, I'm feeling a little bit lonely today. And so that's, that song was birthed out of that place. We usually just come up with the melody and just think it through. Okay, what what is the what is the message here? How do we capture this emotion and what does God want to say concerning that? Yeah, and I don't know if I have time to add to that sure. in this segment. Um, no, yeah, absolutely. So, we're uh, we're super flexible. Yay, <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, yeah, so during that time, like during that summer, I was really struggling musically, and I was like, man, I just, you know, we were coming off another project, and I just felt like, man, I don't have the energy and the strength to start something new. But Nerva kept getting these songs. And when she would start these songs, I would hear it and I was like, okay, there's something there, something there. And so, you know, but like she said, it would, we would, we would either be in a prayer time or hearing a message and then she'd just pick up her guitar and start strumming. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, for instance, we were listening to, you know, a kind of a fiery evangelist from that area one time named Mario Murillo. And uh, she started picking up and she started singing this song about firefall, firefall, firefall. And it became a prayer of like kind of a two sided prayer. One was like, man, bring justice in the land. God exposed the wickedness. And the other side was like light a fire of revival and reformation within your church, starting with us. And then uh, we had, you know, interestingly enough, had watched this movie called Enemies Within the Church. 
mm-hmm. where it was tracking kind of how Marxist ideas were were influencing the Christian institutions and sometimes even brought in intentionally um, to influence the church. And there was a, a pastor named Reverend Kerry uh, Gordon that preached a powerful message in that movie, and we used a clip in that um, very song. So that's kind of, it, it, it sort of comes together in pieces like that. It'll, it'll be sparked from something, yeah. typically through Nerva. She gets the initial vision, and then I'm like the architect that's like, oh, this would fit good in this side of the house, and this will this will go <laughs> yes. here. So that that's kind of how we typically work. That's awesome. Um, when we come back, I'm wondering if you will share with us um, some about your podcast. I think that your desire to press into the conversations of the day, your um, encouragement of other Christians to do the same, uh, you know, in a season during which some evangelical Christians are leaning away from those more difficult conversations. You guys, uh, it feels like you're leaning in and you're um, not only having those conversations with each other, but platforming um, others who are engaged in those conversations. So can we talk a little bit about free mind um, when we come back? For sure. For sure. Yeah. Great. We're talking with Seth and Nerva Ready. You can find them online at Seth and Nerva. N-I-R-V-A uh, dot com. Um, their project, their newest project on Earth, definitely commend to you. And we're going to talk next about their podcast, Free Mind. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Listen to Faith Radio live or on demand no matter where you go. Download the free Faith Radio app at your app store today. All right. Um, I might have just learned that Nerva is now a professor. And so I feel like I have not been appropriately deferential to Professor Reddy um, already on oh this gosh. program. I am still wow. getting into that title. Thank you have you. not. I walk around and call a professor in the house now. Does she wear like a robe and, you know, that like hood oh, yeah. thing? Oh, yeah. yeah. You, might, mm-hmm. you might need to help her out because I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so <laughs> totally. Get like that little hat. Yeah. Um, all right. So so Nerva Reddy is now serving as an assistant professor of commercial music at Liberty University. And so uh, Seth and Nerva, you can now find them, I guess, in Virginia. Um, they are co-hosts of the Free Mind podcast. I encourage you to check it out. What are you guys doing on the Free Mind podcast? It, it, it launched a number of years ago. So this is something you are um, deeply into in terms of addressing the cultural issues of the day from a biblical perspective. Yeah, it did. I, you know, when we first started, it, you know, some people start a podcast because they're like, man, this will help grow our brand. I think ours <laughs> started to like shrink our brand. <laughs> but it was something I felt like we needed to do because, you know, it, it, it was kind of like it started because I was feeling frustrated. You know, there were with our experience in the industry, I could tell like, OK, there's a lot of people in the industry, a lot of good folks, but a lot of folks that aren't ready for the battles, I think, that I could kind of foresee coming at us over the mountain on the other side, you know. And then when I began to hear artists speak out on some of these issues that you could probably put under the umbrella of cultural apologetics, but whether it be LGBTQ ideology or, you know, the the woke kind of movement, all that kind of stuff, I was like, man, they they are not representing well from a biblical perspective in the public space you know at least in a few in a few scenarios that were very um 
they 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 got a lot of uh what do you call it they were very viral and they went viral so mm-hmm. i was like man we got to do something like i mean we're not we're not the only ones feeling that but i just with whatever little platform god gives us we've we've got to engage in this battle because i'm not typically a confrontational person and i don't like to necessarily get into controversial subjects for for the sake of argument but I did um, feel the the need to step into that battle because I could I could sense what was happening and how many in the church didn't know how to respond properly. So that that's where it started from a few years ago. I didn't foresee it like continuing. I didn't think the battle would would intensify this much and be this sustained. Mm. And at times it's been hard. I mean, you know this like doing doing media and fighting this fight that we're in can feel like an uphill battle, um, especially lately. But I do think that more and more people are starting to starting to kind of get it and starting to engage and, and use their weapons. So it, it just reminds me of, you know, Nehemiah trying to build the wall mm-hmm. and you got the sword in one hand and the trowel in the other. And you got to, you got to kind of rally the troops. You got to, you got to face a lot and there's a lot of trouble along the way, but we do try to um, give a biblical perspective on issues like that we dealing with pride month this month and how to respond from a biblical perspective and what's going on with target and you know blackrock and you know all these kinds of things what's the connection there why are they pushing this so hard on on the kids and all that kind of stuff so that's that's what our hope is to give people biblical answers and encourage them to stay in the fight with whatever whatever area god gives them say over you guys have been um in this Industry. I'll use the word industry. <clears throat> You've been in this industry for some time now, um, individually, and then as a couple, and um, and now, I mean, really, uh, you know, mature in your own profession, um, well recognized, well respected. When you think of young artists today coming into this this industry, so maybe some words of encouragement to them. Oh, yeah. I, I would say, you know, times are, are certainly different than they were years ago when we were very much immersed in the industry. Understand the times that we're living in because that has a direct effect on the ears and the listeners that you're ministering to and really um, begin to see or understand what they're walking through in the sense of the battle. But to stay encouraged, to continue to be a light, stay close to the scriptures, stay close to God in, in the sense that he is the one who gives us the creativity to just really create something that can really touch and inspire hearts. People need inspiration. People need answers. And I think the last thing the world needs right now is just another mere talented singer or songwriter, but someone with a message, with something to say that could speak to the time. And I think the days of just, well, not it's not over, days of just, just putting music out there. But if you don't see what's raging right now and what the people really need, I think um, you're, we're missing out on that. So I would just say be encouraged. Go out, be a light, share your gift, and create and, and make music that will have kingdom impact. And uh, it's a great need right now. Yeah, and I would just add to that, you know, um, you know, Francis Schaeffer many years ago was was giving strong warnings to the church and to artists. And, you know, unfortunately, we didn't heed them probably as much as we should have. But, you know, we try to spread that to young artists. It's like, man, really develop a biblical worldview and don't just like don't just take on the spirit of the age and slap, you know, Christianese on top of something that's inherently secular, inherently anti-God. 
um, but think through it at a deep level. We, you know, C.S. Lewis kind of did the same thing, whether you're, you know, thinking of abolition of man or his like fictional version, that hideous strength, where he was dealing with the issues of his day and using his art to um, really approach those things and incisively critique um, the the satanic ideologies of his day that were being raised up against the knowledge of God. And so I think we have opportunities and and really a duty as artists to um, thoroughly be Christian in our thinking and in our approach to art and not just adopt what's been handed to us, which often is not in that vein. Um, I I so genuinely appreciate the depth of um, your faith, the beauty of your marriage, um, your witness and your testimony through not only your music, but your willingness to have complex conversations in front of other people um, on your podcast uh, and uh, and just appreciate who you are and the way you are beautifully living the gospel together. It's a, it's a, it's a substantial and beautiful demonstration of the gospel. And, uh, and I just, I want to say thank you. Oh, thank you, Carmen. This has been a blessing and I appreciate what you do. And thank you for giving us an opportunity to Sure. And um, yeah, we are, we are all playing our part, doing our duty, doing our <laughs> standing our posts. But, you know, we can be encouraged that God is with us. And if the Lord be with us, who can be against us in this day and time? So thank you for that. Yeah, thanks Absolutely. so much. Yeah, thank you. Um, the music is fantastic. The new EP, On Earth. Um, you should check out the podcast as well. Free Mind. You can find it all at SethandNerva.com. That's Seth and Nerva ready. You can now also sit under Nerva's tutelage as a, uh, as a professor of voice and commercial music at Liberty University. How cool is that? All right. That's uh, Seth and Nerva. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. All right, uh, June the 24th is just a couple of days away. That marks the one year since the decision of the Supreme Court and the Dobbs decision, which reversed the court's 1973 Roe v. Wade decision, which um, created a federal right to abortion. So since the Dobbs decision, now almost a year ago, that decision-making has been returned to the states um, in terms of regulating abortion. It is estimated that 200,000 babies have been born in the past year who under Roe would have been aborted. Um, And so we want to give thanks for that. I cannot explain this next observation, but apparently there are those who don't want more babies. And as the country approaches the anniversary of the Dobbs decision, you're going to begin seeing um, um, all kinds of political messaging across the country uh, via billboards. Um, It's going to start today in Times Square and in other, quote, battleground states across the country where the contrast is going to be drawn between Democrats' efforts to advance um, abortion rights and Republicans' attempts to ban abortion and protect preborn Americans. So that publicity campaign begins today, and I wanted to make you aware of it so that when you see it, you'll be prepared to appropriately respond to it. I also want to note that Planned Parenthood has begun aggressively advertising on social media to high school and college-age women. How do I know this? Because it's happening in my own home. Um, So if you have not yet heard of Hey Jane, Hey Jane is the abortion pill delivery service 
calling themselves the modern abortion care without the clinic, and it is pressing itself into a phone of a young woman near you. So let's uh, be aware of that as well. Have a great day. God bless. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.